With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos. C-H-A-O-S. Critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, what's happening? Welcome to Full Count Chaos. Always means a lot that you take the time to tune in. And will we ever see baseball again? That's what it feels like. I know I'm probably being dramatic, but it's getting frustrating week after week. Seeming more and more like we're not going to see baseball, but it almost seems like a situation on not whether baseball is coming back in 2020. It almost seems like, will it ever come back? It's been so long. We need our baseball. With some things that came up that I'll go into in just a little bit here. It, it doesn't seem good. Doesn't seem good at all. All right. Uh, going to take about 30 seconds here. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful that I'm only taking 30 seconds, but and a lot of people tune into podcasts like this one to get away from all the drama, to get away from all the shit that they see on the news every day. They just want to be entertained. And people sent me a text. Are you going to talk about it on the podcast? Obviously, with that poor guy, George Floyd, who uh, passed away. I'm not watching the video. I haven't seen it of the officer that killed George Floyd. I, I don't want anything to do with that video. It's too fucking sad. So if... You're out there and you were waiting to hear what I had to say about that. Well, what the fuck you think I'm going to say about it? If you're a normal human being, it's sad. It's awful. It's disgusting. It fucking sucks. This is terrible. Shit needs to change. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful uh, because I'm not going on a 20-minute rant of what happened in Minneapolis. That's that's not what, what I'm doing here. I feel that a lot of people tune into the podcast just to be entertained and have fun. And I get it. There's times that you should mention stuff. So here I am. And I pray something happens. Something changes. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say any life-changing speech on this podcast, (laughs) especially if you tune in week after week. You know, that's not going to happen. But yeah, of course, you didn't deserve that. Shouldn't have happened. Nobody deserves that. Just awful. Going to continue to move on now. And uh, if you have anything else to say or any thoughts about it, feel free. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter. But I doubt really I'm the person that you really need to get involved with to talk about that and politics and what's happening. Because if you're just a normal person, come on. You got to know that I know it's fucked up and it's sad. So, all right. You can reach me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos. Uh, by the way, I always give you suggestions of shows that I uh, just got finished watching on whether or not you should or shouldn't. Uh, I watched Outer Banks. It's on Netflix. It's pretty good. It kept my attention. Watched the whole season. My wife and I had a little show to finally watch. We went through all our shows when we were looking for them, but it was it was pretty good. <laughs> the cast, I, I couldn't get past it. I, I kept laughing about it every episode. These kids are supposed to be 15 and 16 years old. To me, they look like they're in their 30s walking around. Remember Dawson's Creek? They're like, hey, I'm in high school. It's like, no, you're 40. This is the same thing. Like the main character, John B. 
he's hanging out with these uh, with high school kids running from the police. <laughs> no wonder he's running from the police. Guy's 28 years old hooking up with 15-year-old teenage girls. You're not supposed to do that. You know, this whole cast in Outer Banks, if one of these guys showed up in my high school, I'd be like, all right, whose dad is this, and why does he want to hang out with us? Or I think they were the worst narc ever. You know, I actually had, in the high school that I went to, they had like four or five narcs. Seriously, it was like living through 21 Jump Street. It was really weird, too, because it was actually Johnny Depp. I was like, wait a minute, you're a famous actor. Why are you asking me for drugs? I don't know what's going on here. But my school hired about five young cops who were obviously pretending to be high school students. <laughs> One of them actually busted two people that I knew. Uh, I actually played lacrosse with them. They were like, hey, can you get me some weed? And it's like, yeah, cool. And boom, busted them. But the other four narcs that they brought into the school, it's like, no, we watched you drop your kids off before you came here. We, we know who you are. You know, one of them will walk up like, hey, I'm Rick. Uh, where's the party at? Who's got the drugs? I'll need names, numbers, and addresses. And they pull out this pad with a pen. You're like, what? You're not 15. But Outer Banks was pretty good. Again, I watched it from the first season, uh, first episode to the last episode. It's 10 episodes. And my wife and I finished it in like four days. That's pretty good for us. So anyway, yeah, check out Outer Banks. Uh, it'll keep you occupied until, you know, baseball starts up whenever. Who knows? And I'm getting tired of watching reruns of sports. I know a lot of people are saying, ah, you know, tune on to this. And, and the Orioles post on Twitter these games. And uh, uh, you can turn on Mass and Channel and they replay all the, I mean, they replay all the classic games anyway throughout the year, even during the season. But it doesn't help. It's like, man, I really want some beer and somebody hands you an old duels. It's like, it's just, it's, it's not going to work. So again, I, I like watching the uh, reruns of sports and different channels. I think I caught myself watching some NASCAR. I never watch NASCAR. It, it's amazing because the people that I know who watch NASCAR literally think it, it's, it's a sport that you should pray to every morning when you wake up. <laughs> NASCAR fans are crazy. Again, like I say, all sport fans are crazy. But I, I, I just need a freaking Orioles game. You know, have the windows open a little bit because it's a breezy night. Eating some crabs, some beer, hanging out. Or just, you know, you're uh, you just hang, just a long day at work. Stressed out. You just want to come home, turn on the ball game. Because they were going to start earlier this year. Remember, they were going to, I think it was from April to can't remember uh mid-may yeah the the beginning of the season and then till memorial day i don't they're gonna start from 6 30 and then they were gonna start that up again in like august i i, I could be completely ass backwards with that but i'm pretty sure the games were going to start earlier during the week i think before the kids got out of school I, you know it's just everything just shit the bed so here we are talking about what what could be and should be and might have happened and what it's going to look like when when baseball might begin you know is there going to be 82 games of baseball if so a lot of the conversations i'm seeing will the orioles even win 20 of them (laughs) i think if the orioles played 82 games i'm guessing they're going to win about 30 or maybe it'll just be john means you know his record will be 10 and 0 and those will be the 10 games we win but the Orioles last year, they were 24-58 and 58 in their first 82 games. And then the next 82, they were 32-50. and 50. So if you average that out, they're going to be about 28-54. and 54. That's great. 
They won't lose 100. Yay. It's just getting to be a complete shit show. You know, you got Scott Boris now getting involved, telling his clients, a.k.a. 90% of baseball players, telling them, don't let these billionaires bully you around. You should bail out. <laughs> then Trevor Bauer should follow him on Twitter. He likes to, to uh, post what's on his mind, even if he sounds like an asshole. But it's entertaining. It's funny. I find myself agreeing with a lot of the shit that he says. Uh, he tweeted at, uh, he didn't realize Scott Boris had a Twitter account. So when he posted this, he underneath made a comment and said, oh, I didn't know Scott Boris was on Twitter. And then he just tagged him. I, I, I scrolled through the comments and I, I didn't see Scott Boris acknowledge him. He, Scott Boris just probably rolled his eyes and reading his tweet while he was sitting on his 120 foot yacht, just laughing. But anyway, uh, Trevor wrote, Hearing a lot of rumors about a certain player agent meddling in MLB PA affairs. If true, I have one thing to say. Scott Boris, rep your clients however you want to, but keep your damn personal agenda out of union business. There you go. Shots fired. Now, I don't know much about Scott Boris. I mean, I, I know that he's a sports agent and he's a you know half a billionaire. Half his clients are half a billionaires too. I get that, but what I don't understand is so many fucking people hate this guy's guts. And I don't read much about Scott Boris, and if he said some things over the years or made some dumb statement, I I didn't pay attention to him. Maybe I I missed it, or maybe I just forgot about it. I I wasn't worried. I didn't care. You know, Scott Boris, whatever. You don't mean shit to me. But the the rage, and it's not just from this comment, that, or, or not from this situation with the 2020 Baseball League, years of seeing people on Twitter just pitchforks and (laughs) fires outside his house screaming for him to come out. I never know why. I mean, if if someone can enlighten me on explaining why there's such rage towards Scott Boris, other than the fact of what's happening right now with him getting involved and telling his clients bail out, I mean, before then, why do so many people have rage (laughs) <laughs> towards Scott Boris. You know, maybe it's because he, he he's doing what we'd all love to do. I'd love to be a sports agent worth $450 million. I'd just love to be worth $450 million, regardless what the hell I was doing. I could sell beans out of the back of my truck on the side of the highway seven days a week. I don't give a shit. Love to have that money. But if if you could switch up your, your life, what would you be? And I, I think a sports agent is definitely in the top five. Of what I would do if I could if I could do it again, you know I was at a young age when I watched. Um, holy hell! Why can I not remember the name of that movie? Show me the money! Oh yeah, Jerry Maguire. Show me the money! I was at a young age I, when I saw that movie. I was at that age where I could have been like, you know what? That's what I want to do in life. So I fucked up. I didn't even realize that movie was talking to me, and I just completely ignored it. I think at that age, I was thinking, well, I'm going to be playing professional sports anyway, so I don't need to be an agent. I'm going to be playing in sports. All right, uh, so yeah, who knows? If someone wants to reach out to me and say, hey, this is why people hate Scott Boris's guts, hit me up. Love to hear from you. So I got an email from Jeff. He wrote in, and I always appreciate it when you guys tell me where you're from, where you tuned in from. He said, Wicomico, Wicomico County, and I'm... Pretty sure I'm saying that correctly because when I was a kid, we were my family and I, we were driving to Ocean City and my sister, she was young. We were all young. 
we were driving by, I think, Wicomico High School or Middle School, whatever. It doesn't really matter because she looked up and said, oh, my God, who names their high school Wicca Micka? <laughs> and we all had a good laugh. And it was a great family moment. And I'm glad I got to share that story with you. Anyway, moving on. So Jeff emailed in. Because last episode, I was curious if any of you actually sit down and watch uh, the MLB draft. Now, he writes in, he says he loves all sports, but never takes time to watch any drafts. He says he reads the next day or that night on the draft picks. And he gives an example and says it's like binge watching shows. Why wait week after week? when you can just watch all in one sitting. So, appreciate the email, Jeff. He says he's a big sports fan, but he doesn't watch any draft. Not NFL, MLB, hockey, whatever. He says he just waits to read that night or the next day. Uh, I mean, that's the way these days, right? Binge watch. People don't have patience anymore. And that app that came out, I think it was called Quibi. I think that's right. I I, I think that's what they were marketing towards. If people, they just don't have patience. They don't want to sit through movies. They didn't want to sit through long hour TV shows week after week. So they were doing like six and seven minute shows. And one of them was Reno 911 back in the day on Comedy Central when people actually watched regular TV. That was a great show. I loved watching it. It was funny as fuck. So when I saw the Quibi commercial, I saw Reno 911. I said, that's fantastic. They're bringing the show back. I didn't know they were only five minute episodes. Apparently, Quibi is shit in the bed. They're not doing well. But uh, Jeff writes it and says, yeah, I I don't sit through that. I just wait. And his example is, why not just binge watch when it's all done? You know, it's funny that he says that because my friend's kids, they laugh now when, when they hear how we used to wait an entire week to watch the next episode of our favorite show. I feel so old when the kids laugh at me. They're like, you what? You would wait seven days to watch the next episode on a 30-minute show? Yeah, and I'd say, well, with without commercials, it was about 17 minutes. But yeah, that's what we would do. <laughs> Whatever. So I appreciate the email, Jeff. He's a big sports fan. Doesn't watch the draft. I do. My wife does, too. She watches the NFL. She's a bigger football fan uh, than baseball fan and she will watch every single night of the NFL draft and sit through the whole thing she loves it she is a I told her she should start a um, football podcast I try to go toe-to-toe with her with f- football stats and Raven stats and scores and get I mean good luck she might tear your ass up and I wish um, Palmer or Gary Thorne or one of those guys would start a podcast I talked about that I think it was a few months ago I was talking about how exciting that would be because Jim Palmer and Gary Thorne, they, and, and I just tweeted this out the other day. I, I posted a f- photo of those two, and I said, I miss this sound. And I just love listening to them. And it was funny. Palmer actually responded to my tweet. <laughs> I don't know. It makes you feel a little bit of a geek. You know, you're geeking out. You're saying, holy hell, Jim Palmer knows I exist. <laughs> so fucking douchey. But Jim Palmer, I guess he, uh, you know, tunes into the show, and he's like, hey, that's Full Count Chaos giving me a compliment. Let me throw one back. I thought when he responded to my tweet, I thought at first when I read that, I'm like, shit, did I insult him in some way? But I think he was just, I was, I was trying to be cute the way I tweeted it. I just posted a photo of those two and I said, I missed this sound. I was really trying to comment on listening to Gary Thorne laugh. 
I love hearing those two laugh. Gary Thorne especially. His laugh is contagious. So when I posted that picture and said, I missed this sound, Palmer tweeted back and and said, I'm going to take sound as a compliment. And then he said, be safe. And when I first read that, I'm like, oh, I just wrote absolutely 100%. I felt like writing sir (laughs) at the end of the sentence. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. But I'm sure he was just trying to be funny as well. But that was kind of cool. Having a, uh, I don't know if that's called a conversation, just responding to your tweet. But I would love for those two to have a podcast every week. The example I was giving, it doesn't have to be about baseball. It doesn't have to be about sports. Just their just their, their daily routine, what, what they did during the week, how their weekend went, how their 4th of July, what they do during the 4th of July. I would tune in every single week. And then, you know, they have random guests on. Maybe uh, throw us a little curveball. Gary Thorne. All right, I'd like to introduce the creator of Pornhub.com. I am a big fan, Jim. I don't know about you. And Palmer's like, oh, yeah, love the Pornhub. And then they just start interviewing the guests. You know, their favorite categories. How it all began. Who knows? The sky is the limit with those two. And I'd like to know what those two are up to right now. Nothing going on. You can't do shit. What is Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer doing during these times. I think it'd be interesting. I would like to take a second to shout out the network that helps distribute our show. That's Armchair Media. They have over 50 podcasts, including mine, of course, trying to localize the sports world a little bit more. Now, I've been with them since October. It's been great. They've been growing their audience. I've been growing mine, and we've been doing this together, having a lot of fun. Now, I've mentioned before, starting June 1st, Bet Online will serve as a title sponsor for Armchair as well as my show with NASCAR, UFC, golf coming back, baseball. Hopefully, Bet Online has hundreds of games and events to bet on. They also have a $10,000 Madden bracket challenge you can enter for free. All you got to do is go on betonline.ag, check out the action. Now, in addition, this is kind of cool. Armchair will now serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast. If you're into that, The Nine Club, hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart. The Nine Club, every week, talks about the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. So to see all things Armchair, search Armchair Media and check them out, armchairmedianetwork.com and their social channel at Armchair Media. All right. And and I'd love to hear what you guys are doing now with your time. I mean, have you finished, have you finally got to your list that you've been putting off for 10 years of shit you want to do around the house? You know, I I feel like I'm less motivated now that we've basically been on lockdown. You know, when this lockdown happened, I was picturing myself a few months ago, building an addition, putting in a pool, just having a completely different house. All this shit I finally can get done. And now, haven't done shit. I mean, I've done one or two things, but nothing I can brag about. You know, maybe sports, they don't take up as much time as I thought. (laughs) I know uh, the Orioles on Twitter... I think they were streaming the 2012 wildcard game against Texas, and I love that. I, at least a couple times a month, will pull up highlights, probably a couple times a week. How crazy was that? I was so damn excited, I literally couldn't sleep the night before. It really was like Christmas, being a little kid. I still do not know, till this day, how the Orioles won the Saunders versus Darvish battle. It's why we love sports. It's why we watch sports. Who who the hell knows what's going to happen? It's crazy. 
I mean, the reason Buck used him that day is not because he had a great he has a great record pitching in the playoffs. It's because he had a decent record pitching in Texas. It was okay. It's incredible. I mean, the last playoff game he pitched was the year before the NLDS, and he threw three innings and gave up three earned runs. What the fuck? I mean, look at before that. In 2009, when he was on the Angels, he uh, pitched uh, 10 innings. He gave up 13 hits. He gave up a home run. He gave up five earned runs and an 08. Same thing on the Angels. <laughs> Wasn't exactly lighting it up here. Four innings pitch, five hits, four earned runs. And so you're looking at this and you're like, all right, he's not exactly lightening up in the postseason, but here we go on the road in Texas facing Darvish. I remember before the game, I just kept saying, look, we just need to remember how much fun we had this season. And maybe this is a sign the Orioles are coming around to win no matter what happens. I just kept saying no matter what happens, just basically a polite way of saying we're going to get our asses kicked. The season is over. And the Orioles went up right away. It was one to nothing in the first inning. And I remember just getting giddy like a kid, like, holy shit, we're winning one to nothing. And I know it was the top of the first, but I'm like, oh, my God, we could win this. And that's when my phone started ringing. People going, oh, my God, we're winning right now. It's like, I know, but it's the top of the first. Chill the fuck out. And then there we go, bottom of the first. Saunders comes in. They ties it up one to one. And I remember just yelling at the TV. I was watching with my dad. And we're just like, take him out. Take him out. Again, remember in the year before, he sucked in the playoffs. But holy shit, of course, <laughs> we all know what happened. Orioles went 5-1. My family and I, we ran outside honking our car horns like it was New Year's. And there were some fireworks that were lighting off down the road and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously I'm sure people knew what we were doing, but we were just laying on the horn. And that was probably the most obnoxious fucking thing for those poor neighbors who are not sport fans who were trying to sleep. We're just trying to have a good night. <laughs> I remember my mom running outside with pots and pans, <laughs> banging them like it just hit midnight on New Year's. We were all outside, just honking horns, banging pots and pans. And I remember my mom that day, she huge sports fan. You wouldn't think she was because she never watches it, but the reason why, she's so freaking nervous. She can't stand the anxiety of sports is probably when she's around me watching it the way I am. But she didn't, she would come into the room every now and then to watch that, uh, the Rangers and Orioles wild card game, but she'd only stand there for a quick second and then she'd turn around. I just thought she wasn't interested in watching the game, but she said at the end, she just, she couldn't take it. She was too anxious because remember it was one to one up until the sixth inning. So it's just funny. My mom just, she loves sports, but she, she can't, she, she gets so into it. She just is always assuming, oh, they're going to lose. They're going to blow it. It's so funny how negative she is with watching sports. But Joe Saunders, one of the greatest playoff starts ever. It's crazy. But they've played that game a million times on Mass and Classic. Sometimes I'll turn the TV on at like 2.30 in the morning, and there it is, and I'll watch it. I don't care if it's in the third inning. My wife will come downstairs in the morning. I'm sitting there. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, shh. It's the ninth inning where McLeod is about to catch the ball, and this is when Buck Showalter steps aside and watches his team and watches his players celebrate that moment. Oh God, I still watch that. I get teary eyed. Delman Young hit, and Buck Showalter in Texas watching the players celebrate on the mound are two moments that still, every time I watch it, my eyes water up. You know, so that was uh, kind of uh, trending for Oriole fans. 
with the Orioles streaming that game and, and seeing everyone commenting on it. And when I started watching it, it was like in the fourth inning. So what I did is I just started pulling up all the fun highlights that I normally do with the game. And Jim Johnson, holy shit, did he give a lot of people a heart attack being the closer for the Orioles. And I remember at the end of the game, he almost blew it. He had the bases loaded. And he hung one right over the plate, and when it took off the uh, the hit that McLeod caught and the game, that split second, I just said, holy shit, the Rangers are going to tie this up with a freaking grand slam. Or Yeah, they would have tied it up because it was 5-1. to one. <laughs> But Jim Johnson, boy, oh boy, needed to have some sort of, uh, you know, some Xanax, a beer, or maybe both combined. Anytime you saw Jim Johnson run out to the mound, especially in a wild card game, even when we were up five to one, I was pacing back and forth. My dad was on the edge of the seat, shaking his leg. We knew it was not going to be easy. And even though we won by the Orioles won by four, bases loaded. And obviously we know what happens from there. And it was cool to hear the Orioles will continue paying their minor league players uh, $400 a week. I think it's through the rest of June. Now, the Twins have committed to paying their uh, players the rest of the year. I think through August 31st, which is when the minor league season would end anyway. So hats off to the Twins. Good for them. And, uh, you know, good for the Orioles for doing what they can do. The A's just completely said, ah, fuck you. We're good. Oakland A's are like, we don't want any part of this. We don't make any money anyway during the season. We can't afford to pay these players. Anyway, so the draft is coming up. It was announced June 10th, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, June 10th at 7 p.m. Then the rest of the rounds, June 11th at 5 p.m. Don't forget the Orioles select 2nd, 30th, 39th, 74th, 104th, 134th. The Orioles have the biggest signing bonus pull, $13.8 million. And again, are you excited? Are you going to watch it, or are you just... Uh, like, uh, what's his name? Will, who wrote in, who said, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, but I, I don't sit down. I don't make time to watch the draft. I read all about it and then look uh, what the decisions are. And I've also loved to hear from you guys on what you're doing. How are you doing without sports? Is it kind of like a situation where it's like, well, you know what? Now that I've actually gone through it and there has been sports, I'm starting to realize I really don't need it in my life. <laughs> Not too many people that I speak to are feeling that way, but I'm sure there's some of you out there saying, you know what, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And you know what, maybe I'm going to start doing other shit even when sports come on. I'm sure that's going to be difficult because when it finally does start airing on TV again, you're probably going to be like me and standing about two inches away from the TV, not blinking for an hour. But those of you who are struggling, who are actually having a tough time, Hit me up because I'd love to hear from you. And I'm tired of watching those commercials. I think I've mentioned this before of, you know, the families staying indoors and they're building obstacle courses and they're having fun playing soccer indoor and whatever other sport they may have invented. Is that you? Are you and your family saying, you know what? We can't watch sports. We'll just play it in the house or invent our own sports. Although I have seen the baseball fields that are around me where I live Some big games are actually happening. I'm seeing soccer. I'm seeing baseball. I live near a basketball court. I did see that. You know, that, I don't know. That's a little too close. I'm still the guy who feels, hey, there's a virus. You could get sick and die. They were wearing, there's a couple guys that were wearing their face masks on that basketball game. A couple of them weren't. 
Uh, the baseball game, I couldn't see. There was about 10 people. There's a left fielder, right fielder, center fielder. I think it was all positions, pitcher and a batter, and they were just having batting practice. But it's nice to see that people are getting out. Uh, the soccer game, uh, that was looked like a bunch of kids in the field that I live nearby. There's only about eight of them. But people are out playing sports. I'm wondering if that's what you're doing. Because I'll tell you, if uh, friends of mine said, hey, we're having a big, big game, big baseball game, I'd probably do it. Basketball, not so much. Soccer, probably not. You're too close. Maybe lacrosse, if there's a, you know, with the helmets and the, and the pads and the, and the face mask, maybe. But that's a contact sport. So I think baseball is is where I, I would I'd be at. Softball game, baseball. Everyone stay at your possession. Keep your distance. Wear your masks. I do that. But hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I'm sure I'll be talking about the draft after it happens. Get your reaction. See what everybody's saying out there. All right. That's all I got for this week. Till next time. See you.